From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. I cannot stress enough the necessity to have a clear situational awareness of the practice. And that means meaningful data collection, having dashboards that are easy to evaluate on a regular basis. Uh, because if, if you don't have a firm grasp on what's going on in the practice, it is difficult to impossible to make the best decisions. That's Frank Brayback talking about having a clear strategic plan in a medical practice. We'll hear more from Frank on strategic planning, in particular as it relates to advanced practice providers and how they can provide efficiency and cost savings in a medical practice. But first, a word from our sponsor. A proven payment solution for patients' out-of-pocket cost, the Care Credit Health, Wellness, and Personal Care Credit Card gives cardholders a convenient way to pay for treatments and procedures at locations in the Care Credit Network. With promotional financing for purchases of $200 or more, cardholders can move forward with the care they need and want today and make monthly payments over time. Learn more about how Care Credit helps providers deliver a better patient financial experience at carecredit.com slash MGMA podcast. In this episode of the MGMA Insights podcast, we're joined by Frank Brayback, MBA, CMPE, and MGMA consultant. Frank has decades of experience in healthcare leadership and strategy and is with us today to talk about the benefits advanced practice providers offer a medical practice. Frank, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be with you. Now, I want to check in with you and and just get an idea of what your major focus has been during 2020 and during this COVID-19 pandemic. Well, personally, maintaining situational awareness, there's just such a flood of information and it can become difficult to discern accuracy and or relevance. And as far as my practices that I help, you know, what the implications might be operationally or personnel wise or financially, of course. And, you know, a lot of what's come out of this is trying to help organizations minimize their vulnerabilities and, you know, shifts, you know, this has been a big shift, the biggest I've ever seen in the industry or in the world for that matter. And in an environment like this, it becomes that much more important to be able to handle it well. Yeah. Thanks for that. And that's interesting that you mentioned that. We know that uh, 2020 has been a transformational year. It's been a year of change and challenge. And we were communicating offline. And one of the ways for medical practices to um, kind of continue to build, be more efficient, to be able to help in a lot of different ways is in looking into the role of APPs. And 
I figure that our audience understands the role of advanced practice providers, but just for the sake of it, if you could please define what you see as their primary role in and their biggest benefit to a medical practice. Sure, well, their, their biggest benefit is that they absolutely enhance the quality and the quantity of care provided by a practice. Uh, you know, it, it allows a practice to, well, patients get pretty upset when a doctor comes in, spends five minutes and leaves. And we, I'm sure we've all heard it or experienced it uh, where we feel like we're not very important uh, or we don't really feel like the physician has the time, the quality time to spend with us and truly understand our uh, the reason that we're there. And having APPs tends to improve that. Uh, patients will tend to gravitate towards APPs. I've seen it happen uh, where sometimes the the patient asks for the for the nurse practitioner or the PA uh, as opposed to the physician. And, and for the physician, it alleviates the burden. And, you know, plenty of physicians that I've helped in practices that are where they're just by themselves, it, it can be overwhelming. And especially now where we have such a shortage of physicians and, and increased demand uh, as far as volume it can be very difficult. So to alleviate that burden is a big deal. And, and at the same time, keep expenses down because trying to get another physician to join the practice can be difficult. I mean, it, it could be difficult to find them at all. And then when you do find them, of course, uh, you know, compensation has been rising. So to be able to offer something that would, would entice them to join is, is, is difficult and it's less difficult uh, to find advanced practice providers. All right. Well, thanks for that. Now let's take a look at uh, APPs historically. Um, is it evolving how they're being used with practices and do we have enough of them or is there a shortage among practices out there? What are you seeing? I definitely see uh, an increase in use of APPs. I also see that it's more and more difficult to acquire them. I don't know the statistics, but it it sure seems that the uh, schools are not producing the numbers that are needed uh, out of practices and patient volumes are increasing. And of course, physicians are becoming more scarce, especially in rural areas. Mm -hmm. is, is their role within the practice, is that evolving? Um, and what I mean by that is, it, is it set up and static as, as far as what they do interacting with patients or does that continue to change? I'd say it depends on the practice. I, it's it's pretty standard what APPs will do within practices and and organizations. 
you know, every state has a little bit different rules on what they can do. Um, and, and, and there's, as far as billing goes and that it's, it's a bit different between rural areas and, and metropolitan areas too. Uh, in terms of changing, I, I don't really see it changing. Although what I do see is definitely more utilization by, by physician practices or clinics that uh, historically perhaps didn't use them uh, now definitely definitely considering it because uh, they've they've either seen another practice that's been successful with it or they are hurting financially so they are looking for alternatives okay and then what has been your experience then with working uh, with advanced practice providers or in developing strategies and solutions that can utilize them in practices? Well, I've, my experience with uh, APPs has always has been positive and gratifying. They're, they're passionate about their work. They perform well, really, maybe I just haven't had enough exposure, but I have not met one that was a poor provider. They're, they're technically skilled and they love what they do. They tend to have a very high job satisfaction. And the physicians that I've met that have successfully incorporated them uh, have found it gratifying. And if you think about sharing the burden with somebody, I mean, if you're having a difficult time keeping up, uh, you know, with something like just a charting, you know, you try to see all your patients in a day, but all these charts pile up and to have someone to help that with that burden, uh, I've seen it be gratifying and, and helpful to the physician as well as, as the patients, like I said before, uh, patient satisfaction goes up as well. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest, one of the biggest challenges out there right now that healthcare professionals are dealing with is physician burnout. So let's talk about that. Let's dig in deeper on how APPs can help alleviate physician burnout. Definitely. Like I said, helping with the load and APPs cannot take over. You know, they are just there to help. You know, the physician can't leave and go golf while the <laughs> see all the patients. And, 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 and one of the things, by the way, I recommend is that anybody considering it become very familiar with incident to billing and, and, and the concept of that. And, and that's basically what it boils down to uh, for reimbursement is that uh, the APP has, has a role. And, and a lot of times it'll be like, for example, uh, in uh, OBGYN practice, the you know it's a global payment so so for those moms that are coming in the the, the APP is not going to uh, bill per visit but it sure helps the the OBGYN physician to see say new patients more complex issues going on with the pregnancy while follow up visits are being handled by uh, the PA or the the NP, 
it helps with throughput and, and it reduced costs because, you know, they would be missing out, the physician would be missing out on some of that volume that they could see. And, and again, even like with the complex visits that can bill a higher code, uh, they perhaps might be missing out on that. Uh, but they, but they can take advantage of it because the, a, the APP is seeing the regular follow-ups and, and, and taking care of that. Meanwhile, again, I, I know I keep saying this, but increasing patient satisfaction, they, they uh, don't have to wait as long for uh, booking their visits. And it's a, it's a benefit all the way around. When you analyze a practice, you were talking about some of that patient satisfaction where there is um, a disconnect at times. If the physician is on such a tight schedule, they just drop in quickly. They flip through those pages to see what's there. I mean, we, we've all experienced that, been, been in an office and had the doctor just kind of <laughs> read through some stuff, pat you on the back, and then walk out to the next room. So, <laughs> right. um, are the APPs allowed to, uh, I know it depends on the practice, but is there some flexibility in there where they can spend a little bit more time, do a little bit more um, question and answer to really get to the heart of what may be troubling the patient? What, what have you seen as far as time spent with patients? Absolutely. And that's what I recommend because an APP is a less cost per, a, a lower cost per hour. Uh, you know, we don't have to be as concerned about how many patients they see in a day. And patient satisfaction is so important because word travels. So for, I mean, and we're in this business for patient satisfaction. So that, that, that should be our highest goal. Uh, so there's that. And then, but financially, um, for the reputation of the practice, those are enhanced because when that patient feels that they have been listened to and have that uh, higher level of service and attention, it, it just benefits the practice in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, but not only that, of course, the physician is going to feel better because their practice is being more effective. And, uh, and that I see is a direct correlation between the time that is spent on each patient, the thoroughness uh, that the patient feels um, on each visit. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things you mentioned caught my attention. You were talking about the coding, and I've talked to a lot of coders, been in some webinars on coding before, and there's some real pain points. We all saw that with the implementation of telehealth this year, some real pain points in how do I do this? So when you bring that APP in, are there some coding obstacles that you have to overcome? And if so, how do you get around those? How do you get that learning curve, you know, uh, get around that and, and begin to make the right code so you're, you're not losing any money there? Well, I'll be the first one to say that I am not a coder. <laughs> <laughs> so my advice is to, to become extremely familiar with what the rules are for each state and each payer. Uh, yeah, it, be, it can become problematic. It can become difficult, but uh, whether you have your coding people in house or you have a third party biller, just be sure 
ahead of time before before hiring an APP or considering a shift in what that APP is doing, uh, that that you know the rules and you don't run afoul of them. Uh, and if there is opportunity, on the flip side, if there's an opportunity to definitely take take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any specific examples of successful utilization of APPs somewhere where you've seen them implemented, been able to track it, and, and, and have a real success story that you could share with us? Yes. Um, now, I do work a lot in anesthesia, mm-hmm. and I have seen different hospitals go from an all-physician model to uh, what they call a care team model where you have uh, physician anesthesiologist and uh, nurse anesthetists and it's you know it, it's different than a physician practice because it's a it's a hospital it's an organization and you have a lot of different people that are stakeholders and the main ones in the OR are the surgeons and you may have surgeons that may be you know, friends with the anesthesiologist and they may feel threatened. The anesthesiologist may feel threatened and therefore the surgeons then pick up on that. So there's resistance. I've seen that. It, well, and that's going to happen. But I've also seen where it doesn't take much time uh, for that to dissipate. It has been interesting to see how eventually you'll have surgeons actually ask for specific nurse anesthetists uh, to be in their room. So it's successful. And of course, financially, it's beneficial. Uh, And nurse anesthetists are talented. They um, can do a very wide range of cases. And I mean, they can do hearts, they can be in level one trauma centers. Uh, So uh, there's definitely been a benefit uh, in, in those scenarios. And and another specific example with an OBGYN practice, uh, a physician that uh, hired a physician assistant. And uh, again, there was, there was a, a good relationship between the physician assistant and the physician. And they're on the same page and you know, helping, helping share the burden, I think, was a very positive outcome of that. But financially, it was fantastic. Uh, it really made a, a big difference. Mm-hmm. Now, through conversations with practices, through doing r- research through MGMA, we found that not all uh, practices are um, completely open-minded or receptive to using APPs. Maybe that's fear of the unknown. Uh, maybe there are other reasons why what have you seen why there may be some resistance from practices and then what would be your argument then to explain to practices how this can be beneficial to you but i'd say the main reason is like you said fear of the unknown they they don't know what they don't know or they're rather they're they're concerned about what they don't know and their perceptions might be that they're like a threat uh you know, some fellow physicians might, sometimes the conversations between physicians are negative, uh, against fearing that NPPs will take over 
their specialty, which I don't see ever happening personally. Uh, it's very different training. They're different perspectives. I, I believe they're both very important. And when you mesh them together, uh, it, the sum is greater than the parts. And I'd say to physicians to consider APPs as booster rockets. You know, their their role in the in the practice is is specifically to support the physician and help with the with the patient load. So they they need to look at it that way. And very consistently they increase productivity and patient satisfaction and financial performance. Uh, so the evidence is there. And, it, you know, for anyone that wants to look for it, they can find it. And, uh, and, you know, and if their practice is growing, they can consider bringing another physician. But uh, it's difficult to attract a physician to join a practice and, and almost all specialties. And of course, that's expensive. So uh, APP is definitely a, a very good alternative. Frank, thanks for sharing those thoughts. And I did want to ask you, uh, this is kind of a switching gears here, but we have had a, a challenging year here uh, in 2020 and wanted to get an idea of your work-life balance, any activity or hobbies you've been involved in to help you, you know, get through this year and thrive in this year. Sleeping. <laughs> I know I, <laughs> Well, sleep is very important. I try to emphasize that. Yeah, for and definitely hobbies are important. I stress this to physicians too because it is so easy for any of us in healthcare, physicians or administrators or consultants like me. It's so easy to get caught up. You could work 24 hours a day and and not catch up. So, it is so important for me. Uh I'd say my biggest release is flying. I have a aerobatic airplane that I take out. And if I don't take it out, I mean, it's actually, it's been, it's going to be three weeks coming up this weekend and I, I need to go up. I can tell, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. but you need, for me, it's because when I fly, I can't think of anything else. I'm very focused on that. So I think we all need something, um, you know, for everybody it's different, but for me, I, I have to have something that, uh, that literally blocks everything else out of my mind for a while. That's great advice. And so for some final thoughts, and I wanted to turn back to APPs, and I wanted to get some final thoughts from you you'd like to share with us on how practices can best utilize APPs and perhaps even how to develop an APP strategy in the practice. Sure. Uh, I, no, I cannot stress enough the necessity to have a clear, situational awareness of the practice. And that means meaningful data collection, having dashboards that are easy to evaluate on a regular basis. Uh, because if, if you don't have a firm grasp on what's going on in the practice, it is difficult to impossible to make the best decisions. And become familiar with the incident two concept uh, the information can be found out there. Uh, become familiar with the rules in your state regarding the scope of practice uh, for APPs because they're different in each state. Um, and, it, and don't let it be daunting because 
it's not that difficult. It's just foreign at first. And also consider with value-based care changing our reimbursement, uh, look at how AP and P's, APPs can help. It, it can be very significant, uh, the, the positive impact that uh, including them can have. Now, another thing that I highly, highly recommend is there's a new, new report that MGMA just put out in October. It's called Optimizing Advanced Practice Providers. It is an excellent overview that I, that I recommend to everyone uh, that's considering this. And it, it, even if you're already uh, employing APPs, take a look at that resource because it's, it's concise and it has links to other uh, sources of information. It's very good. Now, um, and finally, I would say that, uh, you know, everything having to do with the utilization of non-physician providers, the most important is mutual respect. And when you put together the perspectives from physicians and mid-level providers, it truly makes a big, big impact on patient outcomes, the efficiency of the practice, and, and the, the, most importantly, the success of the practice and everyone's satisfaction in it. All right. Well, Frank, this has been eye-opening. I've learned a lot about APPs today and hope our listeners did as well. Thanks so much for sharing these insights with us today. Well, you're very welcome. That's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Frank Brayback, and to Care Credit for sponsoring this week's show. Learn more about how Care Credit helps providers deliver a better patient financial experience at carecredit.com/mgma-podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or experts you'd like us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com or find me on Twitter at MGMA Daniel. MGMA Insights is presented by Declan McGee, Rob Ketchum, and I'm Daniel Williams. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Declan McGee, one of the producers for the MGMA Insights podcast. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com membership. Thanks.